Take my hands and lift them up For I have not the strength to praise you near enough See, I am nothing I am nothing without you And take my voice and pour it out let it sing the songs of mercy I have found For I have nothing I have nothing Without you All my soul Needs Is all your love To cover me So all the Take my time here on this earth. Let it glorify all that you are worth. For I have nothing, I have nothing without you. And all my soul needs is all your love. Cover me so all the world will see that I am nothing without you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Tom, for leading us to worship. And hey, I want to say good morning and welcome Rimrock Church to our time together of worship. And it's really hard for me not to be with you in person and uh, but I just want to encourage you to know that we are together with our Father and with the Holy Spirit, that we are brought together because of Jesus Christ. And uh, I just want to encourage you, maybe you're in your PJs, maybe you're by yourself, maybe you're gathered with your family, maybe you're gathered with uh, a few others. But I just want to encourage you to, uh, to continue to keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus. He's the one we most need. And I'm so blessed to be here with my my dear uh, friends and brothers, Tom Haggerty and Bill Ewing, so thankful for these men. And uh, just to be able to serve God with you guys together is a real, real privilege and honor. But how are you guys doing this morning? I'm doing well. I think it's just uh, perfect for what uh, our verse is going to be doing today, that we're just not in control of anything. <laughs> so I think it's kind of neat. Amen. Amen. How you doing, Tom? Doing good. It's good. Doing good, yeah. It's, good. it's hard not being with the body of yeah. Christ. I love meeting with God's people. Yeah. So so it's been hard yeah. accepting this, honestly, for me. Yeah. But, you know, uh, the Word says, in all things give thanks. And so we have to thank Him for this and know that He's in control, yeah. you know, and uh, we're safe in His arms. Yeah, so good. So good, Tom. Well, uh, we're going to be continuing in our series through Ecclesiastes. I can't think that God has not brought us to a better book <laughs> to go through this time <coughs> together in the book of Ecclesiastes because it speaks to the human condition. It speaks to our need for God and our need to have joy even when everything else seems to be uh, fading away. So um, 
Partly, uh, I just want to welcome you this morning. It, uh, we're, we're kind of in a, a living room setting here, and we just want to invite you into worship. Uh, we've had some technical difficulties this morning, so our website's kind of crashed a little bit, but I, I encourage you, uh, through Facebook, we're, we're able to stream live, and we'll be streaming live again at 1030 uh, this morning. I just want to encourage you as well. Our, our staff here at Rimrock has been phenomenal. I, I've just been blown away by their their sacrifice and their desire to, to continue to serve God, to serve many of you, to serve uh, our church and our community. And so I'm just so thankful for, for the staff here at Rimrock. I'd encourage you to pray for them. Pray for those in our church who are feeling isolated I, and pray for our nation. This is a time of prayer. But I just encourage you, uh, part of our worship gathering is to give uh, financially. And I just encourage you to give through through our website if God has given you the means and the ability to do that right now. And uh, I know Jill and I, we give through uh, online through our website, and it's a, it's a great way to continue in our worship in that way. So I'd encourage you to consider and pray about that as well. But this morning, um, you know, as we, as we come to worship, uh, last night uh, I was with the, the downtown team, and we were looking at God's words, and Chris Parrish reminded us, hey, we got to fix our eyes on God. And uh, maybe many of you have had anxious thoughts, you've been reading the news, maybe like I have, and kind of getting caught up in what's happening in our world, and, and it was just such a reminder this past week that we, we need to fix our eyes on God. Um, he's our source of help. He's the one who can give us what we lack, and even when our bank accounts are, are not looking good and our investments, uh, we can trust that God will never change. And this past week I went to Isaiah chapter 40. And, uh, and, and those words uh, of the Holy Spirit through Isaiah says, Comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. And I, I think that was such an encouraging message for me, and I, I think that is for us this morning. And as you read through Isaiah 40, God gripped my heart because I was, I was thinking about all the things going on, and God reminded me uh, through these words that every, uh, every valley will be raised up and every mountain shall be made low. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And that's what we're trusting, is God's glory. <laughs> it's not a, a fading glory, it's an increasing glory. And His glory will be revealed <clears throat> through this. And then the voice says, cry out. And what should I cry? All people are like grass. And boy, are we feeling like grass <laughs> right now in our world today, right? But listen to what it says. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but surely, and it says, but the word of our God endures what an important word for us. When everything is shifting, everything's changing, things that we thought were, were, were never going to change are, but the word of God endures. And as I thought about this week, just tears came to my eyes and my heart was encouraged because it says, look at the Lord. The sovereign Lord comes with power. He rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies. He tends his flock like a shepherd. What a, what a beautiful picture. God, He's watching out for us. He's watching out for you. Whatever you're going through right now, God is your shepherd. He gathers His lambs to His arms. He carries them close to His heart. Boy, doesn't that speak to the heart of God? Awesome. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? And He gently leads those who have young. And then it talks about the glory of God. And so, Tom, um, this is a unique time of worship, and I'd just like you to encourage those uh, who are with us this morning. How, how can they worship in this time? How can they get their eyes on the Lord? Well, I think that's kind of the key phrase, and uh, the song we're going to do is called Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, because in times like this, He is our strength. And, you know, the Word does say give thanks, and all things give thanks. <clears throat> and what God wants from us 
is uh, not perfect singing or perfect performance, but just thankfulness. And even in this, to say thank you, God, I mean, you know, it doesn't matter if you feel like the whole thing's been overblown or if you're really struggling with fear. For all of us, we need to turn our eyes upon Jesus. So let's sing that. <clears throat> turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory. Oh, soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in this darkness you see. Well, there's a light when we look at the Savior. A life more abundant and free. Amen. Sing, turn your eyes. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And his word will not fail you. He promised, believe him and all will be well. Then go to this world that is dying, his perfect salvation to tell. Turn your eyes, turn your eyes upon you. wonderful faith and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace through death into life everlasting he passed and we follow him there but for us death no more has dominion Cause we're more than conquerors Amen Turn your eyes Turn your eyes upon Jesus Look full in his wonderful And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Amen. What a beautiful word. Yeah. Amen. So, Bill, what do you got to say for yourself? <laughs> <coughs> I was just, I'm just oh. waiting for you to pray for me. Then. Oh, well, that's right. I forgot. I'm supposed to pray. I guess that's it. 
Father God, we thank you that you are in control, God. You are not sitting on your throne wringing your hands, God. You are in control. And this whole coronavirus thing, God, did not come as a surprise to you. And Father, so we need to turn our eyes to you, to rest in you, God, to know that you are in control, that we are your children and we are safe in your arms, God. We pray that you would just... uh, Just comfort us with your word today. Speak through Bill and listen through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Tom. uh, It's interesting. I know when we talked about, Ben, we were visiting about studying Ecclesiastes. And I I just was, I love the book. And I love because it's so practical and it's so live in everyday life. And uh, I just remember praying so deeply that all of you guys, and including us, would, would... make a lot of our reading of the scriptures and the words of God that we would put flesh on them. They would be alive instead of just having information and being able to say, well, this Hebrew word means this or this Greek word means that. I just wanted it to be alive. And uh, I had no idea when, uh, when I was assigned this passage and a uh, very famous passage. Matter of fact, secular people use this passage as much as Christian people. And uh, and they try to, you know, extract out different things of, of little verses here that can't be done here. But as we've looked at so far in Ecclesiastes, I think the thing that's been really interesting is we have been uh, given kind of a broad look, and uh, Nick did a great job last week on just kind of the emptiness of us trying to pursue whatever it might be that each of you and, and we individually pursue, that uh, it's just not ever going to be uh, fulfilling. It's going to leave us wanting. I love the example of the candle, blowing out the candle. I love the example that Nick you gave of uh, cotton candy uh, that just comes in the mouth and just disappears. And and it, it does it it does hit uh, in in real our lives when all of a sudden things that we value are touched, which we're going to touch on today. But when you gave this uh, assignment for me. I began to look at it uh, way before this little teeny microvirus came out and had no idea that it would uh, shut down the world. And, uh, and obviously, it is perfect timing for us to talk about this, these verses. I think that we're going to see some practical things because I, I think when we look at the portion of Scripture today, we are going to make it alive for today, and that's what the purpose Solomon wrote it for. He was picking randomly different things, and basically what he did is he took, uh, I think you used the illustration, Ben, of kind of like two bookshelves. Uh, there's a time to be born, and there's a time to die, and then everything in between here is kind of what we're going to talk about. But today we're going to get very specific about the things in between here, not general, and, uh, and I can't think of a more specific thing than uh, what people are uh, talking about and, and listening to and becoming nervous about and fearful about. Or in, in some ways, and I'm kind of bizarre in this, I kind of get excited about these times because it's like, man, I kind of bring it on. It's kind of like I'm probably confessing something here, but I like blizzards. I like kind of things that come that cause us to kind of be alive and to trust God on some things. And, uh, and of course, I, I told a guy this last week when he uh, was talking about his entire investments were just going under. 
And he asked me about that, and I said, I don't mind if my investments go under as long as everybody's goes under with me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be the one that mine went under, nobody else's went under. So let's open our Bibles to uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Uh, we are going to read verses 1 through 8, but I want to at least tell you right from the beginning this portion of scripture cannot make sense if we don't look at what Nick finished with in chapter 2, verses 24 to 26, and definitely will not make sense if we don't look at chapter 3, verses 11 through 15. They were never intended to stand alone. They were intended to be wrapped up in those two, almost pinched between those two things where... Uh, We'll go back and look at those, but if you kind of join with me here, we're looking at the New American Standard I'm reading from. It says, there is an appointed time for everything, and there is a time for every event or every uh, desire or pleasure or delight under heaven. There's a time to give birth and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted. There's a time to kill and a time to heal. There's a time to tear down and a time to build up. There's a time to weep about your investments and there's a time to laugh. There's a time to mourn and a time to dance and there's a time to throw stones and a time to gather stones. There's a time to embrace and there's a time to shun embracing, which we have seen so much. <laughs> I, I just so naturally want to run and get friends a hug, and, yeah. and a lot of times people will join in, but most of them are saying, hey, hey, let's stay away. So Six feet. there's a time for that. There's a time to keep and a time to throw away, and there's a time to tear apart and a time to sew together. There's definitely a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Now, there is no natural sense in the way that he wrote these together here that I understand. There's just kind of random thoughts, random things here. I have heard some people say the first third of it is that uh, there's a time for all the things that affect your body from life to death. And then the middle ones that affects your soul, the emotions, the weeping, the crying, the tearing down, the laughing. And then the end that affects your spirit. And that could be true. I, I don't know that there's enough strong evidence to say let's really dig into that. I think the point that we need to look at here and how I want to really look at it today is all of you, I don't know where you are or where you stand on one, one end of the spectrum or the other. Tom mentioned this briefly. I got two phone calls yesterday, uh, both from two very uh, uh, qualified people, one freaking out over here about uh, all the health and the virus and the end of the world, and the other over here saying, this thing is really blown out of proportion. Uh, what are we to do? Uh, and nobody knows but God. Uh, hospitals, I heard from two hospitals yesterday that one hospital says we need to shut everything down and the other hospital says there's no scientific evidence nor health evidence to prove that this is true at all. So we don't even have people that are specialists together with this. But we do have years of my life and that that is before between the time that we're born and the time that we die, there are specific things that he is pointing out that this is going to now put flesh on uh, the skeleton of what Solomon was saying. And the timing of this is incredible to me. I 
I, I again, I'm bizarre. I, I get excited the fact that this is going to make you have to pay attention to this with God. Uh, this message is not going to do anything. It's not going to solve anything for you, but it is going to force you to come to a place of what Solomon told us to come to when the times of living in a fallen world, uh, if you're earthbound, are going to be miserable, confusing, and extremely difficult to understand. And that nobody was ever designed to live earthbound. We were designed to live in Eden, and this is a reminder of the curse and that we are east of Eden and all the different things that come up from hate uh, and from killing and from viruses and stuff, they didn't exist in Eden. And, uh, and, but there is one familiar thing here, and I, I think as you read, read through it, and we talked about this a little bit, is the word time. Uh, we are time beings. We're time creatures. We wear watches, and now we don't wear watches. Oh, yeah, a lot of you guys wear these expensive watches on your wrists, and they tell you everything about the time. They even tell you about your time to die because they're going to give you a heart rate and everything. <laughs> but, or we have our phones, and that's what we use. We live within this thing of time, and that's the thing we need to understand is that we are confined to time. We human beings don't understand. We can't comprehend the second truth that is very, very important as we read this portion of scripture is God is not. He is the fullness of time. It says uh, that in numerous times in Galatians and Ephesians and Jesus in, in the fullness of time, that means in the fullness of time, the full purpose of time, uh, God has control over it because he lives outside of time. Uh, none of this stuff is shocking. Tom, when you prayed the prayer, I... I had written down here right when we were singing before. I'm sure you guys saw me writing on my papers. And that's uh, <clears throat> the, the thing about that God is in the heavens and, uh, and he's sitting on a throne. And if you remember the story of uh, uh, even in Revelation when John says that he was brought up and he got to pierce and look into heaven. And the heavens opened up and he saw a throne. And he saw somebody comfortably sitting on the throne. He wasn't running back and forth and said, oh, my, a virus now, okay? Oh, no, did you see John Stock just plummeted? What are we going to do about that? It says God sitting on the throne. And that's the thing we need to understand when we come to time is that there is the first truth that we're going to look at here is that God is in control and he's sovereignly in control. And he's not at all shocked by this. Matter of fact, before time existed, he saw the virus, he saw this day, and he knew exactly the impact it would have on my life, your life, your life, and all of your individual lives. Some of you are still panicking. And, and part of that is what Solomon is saying, is that you should be panicky if we begin to try to go ahead and make sense of this in an earthbound way. And that panicking, that frustration, is not a negative thing because we see Solomon got freaked out. Right? Uh, but he freaked out and it turned him to looking at who really was in charge of this. And that there was a God that is in charge. And I, I love how it's brought into uh, the, the wording of it. I mean, I think it is a beautiful poem. And I think that as we look at it, uh, it's going to go and unfold itself to make a lot of sense. I looked at some things today and I wrote down 
and I know this, I'm laughing at your guys' expense, but uh, I said, this is so interesting that when we were to, if we were to rewrite this today, we would basically talk about when the words here, there's a time to invest and a time that your investment goes under. There, <laughs> there's a time to, to work out and stay healthy. There's a time that you will get unhealthy. And there's a time for, and we can continue on. And what he's saying really is that, that if you haven't realized yet, you have no control over this. Uh, ben, I know that uh, you've had to try to convince me that how we're going to do this here today. And it was so kind of funny because when you called me, uh, by the way, we, I was heading up the hill to record this up at Rimrock because these guys, Levi and these guys were up there getting everything ready. And, uh, and I'm uh, submitting to my authority here and I'm heading up to Rimrock to do a couple, uh, kind of share a couple things with you. I get a call that it's not working. The whole thing's not working up at Rimrock and they have to tear down and they're racing down the hill. And I'm sort of just laughing in a way to say, even your desire to give some rhythm to this got shot all the heck. Okay. That there's no rhythm in this. You, you plan your life and you plan the things that they will work out okay. And then your teenager comes home and tells you, I'm sorry, I got picked up last night for drinking. And all of a sudden the rhythm of life is shot. Right. And I think it, we need to come to the understanding that it's not a bad thing. Matter of fact, it's a good thing to find out that you really aren't in control of much. And when you are in control of everything, I think it leaves you with a real anxious spirit because you've got to not only control your own life, you've got to control every, every bloody life around you. And, so, and you just find that it's spinning and spinning and it's going to drive you insane. So there is a, a comfort to the fact that, you know what, God, <clears throat> I can I, be ye holy as you are holy, and that word be ye holy really means do good when it's possible for you to do good and know that the results of life are still left with God. And so I, I look at this and I think, okay, uh, on your investments out there, and I don't know what happened to your investments, and we don't know that tomorrow uh, that all of a sudden with this one point trillion dollar thing will bail you out and you'll be in better shape than you were before. We have no idea what the future holds. Uh, but we do know the one that holds the future. And, uh, and so I, I think it's really kind of a neat ending here. As you get through uh, verse 28 or verse 8, you're going to see then uh, 9 says, what profit is there then for the worker? Uh, for that is which is for that which he toils. I've seen the task which God's given to the sons of men to occupy themselves with. And basically saying you cannot be content as an earthbound creature on this planet. But I love this. This has always been an incredible <clears throat> verse for me. It says, but he has made everything appropriate in its time. Everything beautiful in its time. And he's also set eternity in the hearts of men. Yet so that man cannot find them out. So I do want to encourage you, uh, in all of us, I think it's really important that we realize there's nothing wrong in wanting to have all of the first portions of this thing, like a time to plant, and not want a time to have the plant destroyed. There is, it's good to have a time for love, and it's bad to have a time for hate. But I think what was really important for us is God put in our hearts this desire for eternity, this desire for the way God designed life to be. 
And there ought to be an ache always in our minds and in our heart for, I wish things would be okay and right. But then he kind of interrupts, which I love this part. But he said eternity in our hearts, yet that you will never find it out, which God has done from the beginning to the end. For I know that there's nothing better for us to do than rejoice to do good in one's lifetime. And he talks about that because God basically, as he has come, he makes all things beautiful in his time. Tom, I, I know the song came to mind. I just asked if you'd think about it. I'd like you guys to join us, just not just in singing the song. It's pretty familiar, but really make it a prayer as we, as Tom sings the song. In his time, in his time, he makes all things beautiful in his time. Lord, please show me every day as you're teaching me your way that you'll do just what you say in your time. One more time, in your time. In your time. In your time. You make all things beautiful. You make all things beautiful. In your time, show me, Lord, please show me every day as you're teaching me your way that you'll do just what you say in your time. Boy, isn't that true? I just, uh, if a lot of you like the, the verse in Romans that says that uh, he'll work all things to good for those who love God and call according to his purpose. <clears throat> this verse is kind of the Old Testament verse of that. Uh, is that God's going to work everything beautiful in its time. And down here you'll see that in verse 14 it says, I know that everything God does remains forever. And we have a number of verses that says because God lives forever and God is forever. And so therefore... How can I embrace and, and practically uh, put application to this by how he ends here? And uh, I think that's one of the things that we're looking at, and we want to give you hope. And, uh, and part of the deal is that we're not alone in this. Uh, we're sitting here in front of a camera, but believe me, we are united. We're in your rooms. You're in with us right now. And that what, what we see here is that most of the illustrations he picks out of this poem, they're relational. There's a time to dance, and there's a time that you don't get to dance. There's a time to embrace. We talked about that. And, and there's just something when you see somebody. Isn't it interesting now that you see somebody and you don't get to hug them? It's just a really, it's more uncomfortable than the time that you kind of were hugging. And, uh, and it's all about relationships. And God has given us a life for relationships. And uh, the relationships, first and foremost, begin with the relationship with God is that uh, this God is not only in charge, he's not only sitting in the heavens and saying, hey, I've got this, uh, I've, I'm the fullness of time. When Jesus came, it was the perfect fullness of time to redeem all men to himself. This virus is perfect in its time. Uh, when the virus runs its course, <clears throat> it'll be perfect for it to run its course. Uh, and I promise that someday, maybe not right now, but whatever you're concerned about with your job, the security of your job, or your financial investments, or, or your health, uh, that, that you're concerned about that, 
Someday, I assure you, we will wink at each other and say, God did it perfect. He did it just right. Uh, I had a lot of kind of painful experiences in my life that came through different, uh, just different bad news. And uh, I remember a guy named Bill Gillum, a good friend and a guy that really ministered to my life. And he, he said, you know what, someday we're going to wink at each other and say that he did everything just right in his time. And, and that's my prayer and that's my hope for you and for us that we'll begin to see that not only is God sovereign, not only as he's perfect in his timing, but I want to bring us to why I can go ahead and lean upon this God. And you'll see that sprinkled in and out of uh, Ecclesiastes and in Proverbs, there's a sprinkling of why we can put trust in this God. Uh, I, I think I encouraged you a couple times ago when I spoke to go back and read the last portion of the book of Job. Uh, Job had to come to this same place. He was, and it was all very, very personal to him because people died, his children, I mean, his children died, people died around him. And there was sickness, there was virus in his life that they couldn't stop no matter what they did. Uh, he lost all of his investments, every single thing he had. And so he really has lived through this. And Job tells us something about not only how that God's in charge and he's in charge of the whole show, but he brings a graphic illustration that, uh, that hit me. And I've asked Tom to close in a minute with this song. But the, the illustration was that <clears throat> this God, he designed the galaxies. He hung out the stars and named them. They stay in their place because he commands them to stay in their place. Uh, all the way down to every little microorganism, he, all he has to say to this organism is be gone and it diminishes in one second. And that the reason that I can trust in God with whatever place we're in right now, the reason that I don't have to panic and God has given me a spirit of power and of hope, not one of fear, and timidity and whatever, but it's because I'm not in charge and my God is. And he's not only in charge of viruses and your incomes and your family and the health of people, but he also says, you're limited to time and I'm not. And the thing that he's saying is, you gotta remember, you were born for something yet to come. And and I, I look at that and I, I talked to a guy yesterday and his dad was 97 years old and uh, he said, Dad, are you, are you playing it safe? He goes, no, I'm going and shaking everybody's hands. I want to go where I'm supposed to go. Now, I'm not encouraging to do that. But he had a perspective of what we want to have. And the only way that we can have the perspective that Solomon brings us so that now we can say, I can, there's nothing better for us to do than to rejoice. Make the fullness of the, the best of your time here on this planet because your God is in charge. He is also a God that controls the universe and I can trust in him because he has this under control and that he's absolutely loving and merciful towards each of us. I, I don't know if that, it kind of scares you a little if God's in charge but he's not loving. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like that's a, a neat thing. If he's loving and not in charge, that's scary to me too. Uh, in that. It means well, but he can't control it. Yeah. That'd be bad. So I don't know how you guys did coming down the hill, racing down here. Uh, but <laughs> by the way, this is God's rhythm for you, this Ben. Is God's <laughs> and, and I, I, amen, brother. 
your word is right on for me too. But I think what's cool is there's peace even in that. Even yep. coming down the hill, there's peace in my heart yep. because I know God's in charge and He's gonna He's gonna do His will, and we just want to be part of His will. Right? Absolutely. And I, and I think when we were talking the other day as pastors, and, and Nick mentioned uh, the point that this doesn't mean we stop and we don't act responsibly. Right. You still do the things right. that's laid before you. Right. You still work hard to protect yourself, protect your family. You do well to do those things. And so God still says there's a time for you to be responsible and act responsible. But remember, the results are left to me. Exactly. And that's kind of what happened today, exactly. is that, that uh, God, do what you can, prepare the message, prepare the uh, equipment for Levi. I felt sorry for him trying to get everything done, but he did what he needed to do, but this is where God wanted Amen. to go. Amen. And I have no idea this afternoon if God doesn't decide to come back and we all meet in heaven again and we rejoice again. But uh, a song came to mind that uh, years and years ago uh, just kind of reminded me of why we can have hope and why we can go ahead and rejoice. And, uh, and the, in the song it says, uh, we have a heavenly father above. Uh, and, and I asked Tom if he would sing this song called Consider the Lilies. And I'd love to have you guys join us as we conclude with this song. Consider There's not a king with more splendor than them. Consider the sparrows, they don't plant or sow, but they serve the one who watches them grow. And we have a heavenly Father. eyes full of mercy and a heart full of love and he really cares when your head is bowed low consider the lilies and then you will know may I introduce you this friend of mine, he hangs out the stars, tells the sun when to shine, and kisses the flowers each morning with dew. But he's not too busy to care about you. Amen. Let's sing the chorus. And we have a heavenly Father above, with eyes full of mercy and a heart full of love. And He really cares when your head is bowed low. Consider the lilies, and then you will know. Consider. says therefore because of all of this be careful how you walk not as unwise men but as wise make the most of your time 
because the days bring sorrow and pain. Thank you, Bill, and thank you, everyone, for joining us. And I just want to thank you, Bill, for, for allowing God to speak through you this morning. And I, I know uh, these words have ministered to me, and I pray that they've ministered to your soul, to your heart this morning. And maybe some of you here are watching, and you're saying, where can I find that kind of peace, that trust that, that Bill's talking about? And it says in the New Testament that in the fullness of time, Christ came into the world. And so God sent Jesus into this world for this very reason, to bring this kind of peace, this kind of trust, this kind of confidence in God. Amen. And, yeah. and if you haven't trusted in Jesus, today could be the day where you could cry out to Jesus. And he's available, he's present, he's listening, and all he's waiting for is you to pray and say, God, I want to I trust in you. And, and maybe this crisis is exposing some things in your life that, that you've put your trust in other things that aren't trustworthy. But Jesus is trustworthy. We have found Jesus to be trustworthy. That's why we're here. That's why we want to share with you. Because he's changed our lives. He's transformed us. And he's brought us into this new uh, trusting relationship with God. And so today's the day. Uh, the Bible says that if you confess your sins and believe in him, that he will forgive you and that you will be saved. And so today could be the day where you trust in Jesus. He, he is he's good and he's loving and he's here to save you. So I just want to thank you, and uh, we are uh, looking forward to uh, joining you next week uh, for worship. And I just pray that you would continue to pray for us as we work out all the technical difficulties and things. And, uh, but let's continue to be the church. Let's continue to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, together. And we're being a community, being transformed by Jesus Christ. May God bless you, and may he fill your day today with Amen. his grace. Amen. Amen.